Zacchaeus might have been short, but I think it was his shortcomings that set him climbing up that sycamore tree. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he could not on account of the crowd because he was short in stature. It was the crowd that stood between Zacchaeus and Jesus. If Zacchaeus had been just a little bit taller, he could have seen over them, but no one was willing to let him squeeze up front. Think about the last time you went to a parade. Doesn't the crowd usually make space up front for children or other people who either need to sit down or perhaps for another reason cannot see? Don't we intuitively know how to line up on the streets of the city with the taller people in back and the shorter people up front so that everyone can get a peek? But not Zacchaeus. No one was willing to make room for Zacchaeus, and he knew better than to ask Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, a title Luke might have made up to convey some sort of district leader among revenue officers, or perhaps Luke just wanted us to know that Zacchaeus was exceptional at his job, particularly skilled at squeezing money from his fellow Jews in order to fill the coffers of the Roman Empire. Regardless, Zacchaeus' job had made him filthy rich. And that was a problem. A problem for Zacchaeus because of his relationship with the community, but also an interpretive problem for us. Think about it. What sort of person is Zacchaeus? Was he the sort of person Jesus wanted to spend time with? or the kind of person Jesus would normally push aside. Now, we know Jesus welcomes tax collectors and sinners, those who can't get a seat at society's table, but we also know that Jesus doesn't seem to care a lot for rich people, people whose wealth created a gap between themselves and those around them who are poor. What sort of welcome could Zacchaeus have expected? He's a complicated sort of fellow, one whom society had rejected but whose wealth had made him powerful. Would he be welcomed by Jesus or would he be brushed aside? Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. He wanted to see who he was, but he might have been afraid to get too close in case further humiliation came his way. Perhaps Zacchaeus had heard that this was the rabbi who believed that all people, even tax collectors, were welcomed at God's table. But Zacchaeus was no ordinary tax collector. He had reason to wonder whether that radical welcome would include the likes of him. So he climbed up into the boughs of that sycamore tree and hid among the leaves, hoping to see Jesus, but also hoping to escape notice. But Jesus noticed him. Zacchaeus, he called out to the little man hiding up in the tree. Does it surprise us that Jesus knew the man's name? Imagine how shocking it was to everyone who heard it to hear this rabbi from out of town speak the name of one whom people were afraid to say that name. Hurry and come down, Jesus continued, for I must stay at your house today. I must 
stay. Hear the imperative in Jesus' words. Something compels me to be your guest today. There's something about the presence of God's kingdom and the fulfillment of God's promises that Jesus has brought with him to Jericho that requires Jesus to lodge and be a guest at the table of that chief tax collector. Zacchaeus' riches and his way of life should have represented an obstacle to the reign of God coming near to him, yet he is the one whom Jesus seeks out that day. No sooner had Zacchaeus scrambled down to take Jesus into his home that the entire crowd begins to grumble at what they see taking place. Usually when Jesus spent time with tax collectors and sinners, it was the religious authorities who grumbled, those who who lived a holy life, the goody-goodies of their day, who didn't understand why it was that a rabbi would bother to spend time with that sort of riffraff. But this time in this story, Luke tells us that everyone who saw it began to grumble. No one was comfortable with what this radical gesture of hospitality represented. No one liked the thought of a faithful rabbi, even the sort of rabbi who liked to keep radical company with outsiders. No one wanted to think of that rabbi entering the home of that traitor. It was just too much. Even for Jesus, it was too much. Surely the reign of God which Jesus had come to make manifest among the lost sheep of Israel, even God's reign surely must have some limits. But then something amazing takes place. Luke doesn't tell us whether Zacchaeus heard the grumbling of the crowd, but we can imagine he knew in his heart what was being said about him. Standing there, he turned and said to Jesus, Look, Half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will repay four times as much. What a transformation that represents. That the man whose work and whose wealth had cut him off from God's people would be willing to give away so much that he had. But the funny thing about this text is that the text leaves some important ambiguity for us, allowing us to wonder a little bit about whose transformation is actually taking place. Because most English translations use the future tense of the verbs to describe what Zacchaeus is promising. I will give away half of my money. I will pay back four times whatever I defraud. But the biblical text actually uses the present tense of those verbs. I give away half of what I have. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I pay it back four times as much. Now it could be that Zacchaeus was using the present tense to imply some future resolve, an indication that this moment with Jesus had changed his life so fully that he was now willing to give away his wealth. But it could just as easily be that Zacchaeus was describing the sort of faithfulness he had already lived, a quiet generosity that no one in the crowd had ever noticed before. 
Preachers and scholars have debated that ambiguity for generations, but I'm not sure it really matters because I don't think Zacchaeus is the one whose conversion is most important. Today, salvation has come to this house, Jesus said, because he too is a child of Abraham. Could it be? Could it be that those words become true? Not because Zacchaeus has undergone a moment of transformation, but because all of us who look on now see this child of God in the light of God's grace. Could it be that Jesus' insistence that he dine in the home of the chief tax collector change our understanding of who belongs at God's table? Maybe we are the ones whose conversion this story is about. Maybe we are the ones who are supposed to be changed by this radical encounter. We believe in a God whose love is bigger than anything we can imagine. We believe that God's grace is big enough for tax collectors and sinners. And we believe that God always welcomes the poor and the widow and the orphan. But do we believe that God's love is big enough for us as well? Very few of us fit neatly into one of those categories in the Bible of the kind of people to whom God reaches out in love. We're more complicated than that because a part of us needs redeeming and another part of us thinks, you know, we're pretty good all by ourselves. Is there room enough for complicated sinners like us in the reign of God? Can we believe that God's love is really meant for us as well? Or are we so worried that we might not be accepted that we would scamper up into a sycamore tree and hide behind the leaves, close enough to see who Jesus is, but far enough away that he might not notice us in case he would say to us that thing we fear most of hearing that maybe we don't belong. Zacchaeus went looking for Jesus, but Jesus went looking for Zacchaeus as well. I must stay at your house today, Jesus said, showing us that God's kingdom cannot be complete until even the least likely among us finds our place at God's table. None of us belongs at that table because we're good enough or holy enough or generous enough. We belong because God's goodness towards us is always enough. There can be no limit to God's welcome because there can be no limit to God's love. May we hear in Jesus' words to Zacchaeus the same words that God speaks to us. I must stay at your house today. May we see that God's reign cannot be complete until all of us are there. Thanks be to God. Amen.